everyone, and welcome to Behind the Walls. I'm your host, Lauren Springman, and on this podcast, you'll be informed, entertained, and educated on everything in the real estate industry. I would like to introduce our guest today. Her name is Kelly Owens with Realm Real Estate Professionals. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Considering yesterday, I thought um, it was Tuesday, but it was really Wednesday. Oh, so you gained today. That's awesome. Yes, I was super excited. <laughs> so I was like, this week feels like it is taking forever. And then I realized that it was really Wednesday. So I was like, okay. There you go. Yeah. So how's your week been? <clears throat> it has been busy um, negotiating contracts and repairs and everything else. It's, it's a crazy market right now. I know. So are, do you have a lot more buyers or listers? Are you a listing agent more so or a buying agent? I work with more buyers, but I do uh, listings as well as uh, apartment complexes and different things. Oh, okay. So how long have you been in the industry? I started in 1996 in title. So uh, two years ago <laughs> and um, pro- progressed to an escrow officer, left title and went into the mortgage mortgage lending side, was an operations manager for a Fortune 500 lending institution mm-hmm. and um, decided that I missed the interaction with the people. So I went back to title, was a vice president of a title company and got my license in real estate so that I could help other agents be successful. And in 2019, I said, it's time for me to go full time. So I made the jump and haven't regretted it. Do you think working in the other parts of the um, real estate industry helps, makes you like, helps you and makes you a stronger agent? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Because one, I know whenever first time home buyers are talking to the lender, the lender's using our jargon. So they're explaining, well, your DTI and your back end and front end and and the rates and the buy downs and the points. And because I have the lending knowledge, I can translate it for them. Yeah. And then we went, when we get to an executed contract, one, I know exactly how to fill a contract out without issues. I mean, a lot of times agents have to, listing agents have to go back to the other agents and say, oh, well, you need to fill this in, fill this in. And Um, I don't get that call because I know exactly what needs to be filled in. I taught the contracts to agents and did nothing but review. So that helps. Yeah. And then um, helps you on the legal part too. Oh, absolutely. And (laughs) I know, I know some of the ins and outs and things that when I'm listing a property, we need to make sure certain items are provided to the buyer. Otherwise they have an out that a lot of agents don't realize because they haven't taken the time to read the contract thoroughly and understand the timelines. There's so what, many throughout the contract. What do you, what do you mean by, um, can you list some of those things? Cause I'm not, I don't even know. Yeah. So the T47, if they provide the survey and they fail to provide a T47, the seller automatically has to pay for a survey if they miss a deadline. So a lot of agents think that if someone checks the first box saying the seller is going to provide them with a survey in that amount of time, then all they have to do is provide the survey when in fact they need to provide the survey and the T47 um, failure to do so the seller automatically gets to purchase a new survey. So uh, what is a T47 again? 
A T47 is an affidavit where the seller says that they have not made any changes, structural changes to the outside of the property. Oh. They haven't changed the fence. They didn't add a patio. There's not a pool that's been installed. Anything that would affect the footprint of where the house sits on the property. Wow. I did so, not know that. And so you have to have both of those. You have to have both of those. Otherwise, you're in default. And the other thing people don't realize is in the title commitment, um, most realtors send the title commitment over to, or the contract over to the title company. They send the commitment and uh, to us as the agents. Our job is to actually look at those items, which a lot of agents, you just kind of put it in a folder and say, okay, cut commitments in. Understanding what it is you're looking for can help you speed your closing up. Make sure that you don't get typos at closing because you didn't take the time to look at Schedule A. Um, also, the contract calls for Schedule B items to be provided with a commitment. Most title companies don't automatically provide Schedule B items. And what are some Schedule B items? Those are going to be your deed restrictions. It's going to be any easements that are on the property. Um, it will go over any kind of item that remains with the property. So your Schedule A is your actual facts. Those are that's your buyer's name, seller, lender, property information, the dollar amounts, and then Schedule B is things for the buyers to be aware of. And these are items that are going to remain with the property. Oh. And if you don't, title supposed to, per the contract, provide those to you with a title commitment. A lot of times they fail to do that. So if I'm a listing agent, I require that I get that with a, with a commitment. If I'm a buyer's agent, I don't say anything because it gives my buyer a loophole. Ooh, you are good. <laughs> so that's why, that's that's why I think my extra information and my training and knowledge and everything sets me apart from a lot of the other agents out there is because I do know those and I do study and I do train. I'm certified in probate. I'm certified uh, senior to help seniors and so. Oh, so you go in and make sure the senior citizens are when you say senior you mean senior citizens correct correct i'm a senior uh, it's uh mature adults not okay. senior citizens the way we were you're not allowed to say that anymore but you can you oh, can okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm um certified for working with the mature adults because okay. their needs are different so um we want to make sure that are we doing a sandwich house or which means a sandwich is say someone my age my daughter or my son live with me and then my mother lives with me. I'm sandwiched in between the generations because I've got to take care of the, my loved one and then the kids aren't out yet. Um, where are we in the phase? What kind of financing do we Hey, need? that's me. <laughs> there you go. So I did not know that there was a thing, but I am living a sandwich life right now, I guess. It's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Okay, keep going. I did not know anything about this. So, and- uh, making sure that everybody has their paperwork. And that's the other thing about me because I was in the title side of it. You know, we had um, people coming in that they inherited a property and test date. Mm -hmm. And now we have to go in and we have to track down all of the heirs and everybody else that is a blood relative uh, immediate. So you go in the, how much, where you are in the, the line, mm -hmm. but um when I'm working with my seniors, I have a workbook that I provide them. It's the probate workbook. And what we do is we make sure one, you have your paperwork set up. 
that um, you're either in a trust or you have your will and then you have all the paperwork to go with it. Not that I'm thinking you're going to uh, pass away anytime soon, right. but um, just preparing them and giving them that peace of mind because that is an added stress and a burden to to them. And to them and the family and everything. I mean, you yeah. just never know. Life is short. You never know what. You I feel like know. I should probably even have something like yeah. that. You know, I don't. Right. Well, I got word yesterday that my cousin uh, passed away and she was younger than I am. So I'm so sorry. Oh, I just got the it's, chills. Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen. And if you own real estate in Texas, and this is one of the things that I go over with every one of my buyers is you can do a hologram will where you write it out and have two people witness. You can have just a regular will, or you can go ahead and set up a family trust. And the difference between the two is a will, you're leaving it for your loved ones to do all the work after you pass away versus a trust, you're doing all the work ahead of time. So it doesn't have to go through a probate. So understanding the two different plannings. I did not know that. Yeah. So I always thought like, you know, like a trust fund baby. Yeah, it's what I always thought. Like, no. that's what the, the trust is. That may sound really stupid. I'm not a dumb person, but I did no. not know that a trust is like when like, so if say like my mom or my dad passed away, they should have a trust because then that means that everything is already taken care of. Well, you, correct. And so what happens is anything that they own is owned by the trust, not by them individually. And you're listed wow. as the person that is in charge of the trust when they pass away. So you don't have to go through probate. Okay. You know? Um, yeah. And if they don't have a trust, they need to have a will and have all their wishes defined. And then we have the workbook that goes with that. So either way, uh, the workbook, it's some of the things in there are silly, like what's your favorite color? What's the one thing that you want to make sure you pass on to the next one? What's your favorite song? Yeah. Um, just things about them. And then I the like other that ones, though. yeah, the other ones are, where's your bank account? Where's the safety deposit? What are your passwords? <laughs> you know, um, I suggest that they go ahead and set up a last pass on any electronic devices and write their last pass account down so that if, something does happen their loved one can come in log into the last pass with that and it should get them into everything they need so when my mom passed away we had her laptop and nobody knew the password and so i mean we knew the password to her ipad and her cell phone and everything but not her laptop so we're having we had to take it somewhere with last pass you would at least have it oh, okay see that's the little things that i wouldn't even probably like, or people that are going through the process probably don't even think about. I agree. Like, you know, like that, that's just like, okay, well, it's a password, whatever it's, there's other bigger things that we need to worry about. And then when it finally comes down to it, you're like, oh goodness. So this is I actually, yeah, this is really interesting. I've never had anyone on the podcast that's been talking about this stuff. So this <laughs> is really intriguing me. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that there's so many different avenues like I've known people have said like there's so many different avenues of not just being an a real estate agent in the industry but you can do other things in the real estate industry and so this seems like a good option too if people aren't wanting to be an actual agent right could they just do this part or do you have to no they could do this part I mean they I'm just I try to make sure that I I can get you from first-time home buyer with a down payment assistance uh, grants where we can get you free money to put down for your home so you can walk in and maybe get your earnest money back at closing um, to let's get you know to the our mature ones so I'm 
I'm certified in, uh, yeah, I'm certified as a trainer for national, uh, nationally certified trainer for NeighborWorks, which is a down payment assistance group. And then I, so it's not cradle to grave, but it is, you know, first time home buyer to mature. So I try to make sure I'm well-rounded and, and informed on every aspect of it. Well, you seem very informed. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking notes as you're talking because I have, so um, I haven't ever bought a house yet by myself. I just haven't, I just um, went through like a, a couple years ago, a divorce and everything, but I was a stay at home mom. So I couldn't buy a house because my, I, um, they weren't recognizing my commission and salary together, just my salary. Right. Um, so I'm leasing a house. But um, so I'm like writing all this stuff down for like in my back pocket. But you have two years worth of commission now, right? Or you have um, at, least a year's worth of commi- at least a year's worth of commission you can show. Yeah. The lender could accept it now. Oh, now it doesn't have to be two years. It doesn't have to be two years, but I mean, cause they can see the history. So they should be able to accept it now. I would, I would reach out to a lender. Okay. If you're interested in buying. Well, I'm stuck in a lease right now though. Hmm. But I do want to buy, but not right now. Cause I can't, all the houses well, are so expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's insane. I'm like, where are these people getting all this money to do like thirty thousand dollars over asking price? I'm like, please tell me, what do you do? Because they're not coming to no. Right, like no, they're, they're coming in from other states. Yes, East Coast, West Coast, right. overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this boggles my mind. It's crazy. There's, well, I also, guess you- there's oh. also a company out there that will buy the house for you and then sell it back to you. And so it's, it's weird so that you can write, write a cash offer. Right. And they have terms and conditions that if you use their financing, then there's a fee. But if you go ahead and use your own financing for it, it's weird. And I don't like it because I'm, I'm always looking out for what's best for my client. And I, know, I don't, I don't think- understand that. So they would come in, buy your house. Right. Just for you to buy it back from them. Right, because the cash offer is a stronger, in the seller's mind, it's a stronger offer. It's weird. I don't like the program, but there, there are programs out there available for people. I've, I've heard, so um, my boyfriend is, he actually looked into one of those and I was like, because he has a townhome and he's thinking about different ways. And I'm just like, I don't know. I go, I've never heard, like, I just always feel like it's like, even before I was in the industry, I just feel like it's like a scam. I'm like, how do they do that? Especially it's, if it's like a newer home. I don't know. Yeah. It's never in your best interest to do something like that. Okay. I'm going to tell him that. Make him listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he can call me. Okay. I was like, dang. So you seem like you've been in like a lot of different houses. And my favorite question is what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in a house? Craziest thing I've ever seen in the house. Um, whew, where to begin? So I showed a house in Pearland and I'm not going to say where it was, but you walked into the home and you went up the stairs and the upstairs was built on top of the roof. So when you open the attic, you could see the original composite shingles and everything else. And the ductwork was just thrown on the roof where they just framed it in. So normally you try to tie in, you remove that and you try to tie in the right way. Mm-hmm. They just slapped the frame up there and called it a day. It was, it was quite interesting. Um, and then the other one that was uh, fun was the um, 
the shrine. So they had a, a shrine to their dog complete with the photos, the ashes, the candles, the, you know, so that one was fun. <laughs> like an actual shrine for their dog. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I know people are obsessed with their dogs. I love my dog. Okay. I love them. I do too. I don't I, think I'll have a shrine though. I'm not burning incense for them though. No. Um, I'll have no. pictures, yes. but just not in like a whole, like sitting down and praising mm -hmm. him type way. So my craziest event though, didn't happen when I was showing a house. It happened when I was closing. Uh, we had someone that passed away. It was a family. Remember the whole airship and not having everything mm -hmm. lined up. And two of the si siblings were fighting with two of the other ones. Mom passed away. They're fighting over who got mom's ashes. Okay. And they wanted me as a title agent to hold mom's ashes and figure out who got mom. I'm like, we are not putting mom in escrow. Not <laughs> happening. <laughs> so... Two of them but wanted, if they split it, can't you just split the ashes? I was so afraid they were going to ask me to weigh her out. Um, but I told them I wouldn't touch mom. Um, I wouldn't touch mom. <laughs> I'm not, I'm he not is off. Him. No, so that we got that off the table real quick. Uh, <laughs> but one of them wanted to sprinkle mom's ashes in some ceremony, and the other one wanted to turn mom into jewelry. And I think mom got turned into jewelry, I think that's the one that won. As you just said, you think mom turned into jewelry. You put your hair behind your ears. Are that is that the mom? No, that's not my mom. <laughs> no, no. I was like, are you trying to show me something? Mm -mm. Subliminally? No, no. I don't but think it was, I'd ever want to turn my mom or my dad into jewelry. I, I think it would be kind of creepy to wear them, but that's you know, some people like to wear ashes. I mean, just to feel closer. But I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, it's. And it's actually really pretty if you look at it. They they make it with a resin and it looks like a galaxy. I mean, it's not uh -oh. it's not ugly, but knowing that I'm wearing my mom around my neck would kind of freak me out. Yeah, I'd be like, it's get off my back already, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not here anymore. You're still on my back. I don't get it. I'm just All right. Love you, mom. But I, that's know. Not I love you. So. Oh, Lord, that was horrible. Yeah. That was such a mean joke. Okay. <laughs> Hope you cut that part out. I probably won't but that's okay <laughs> no. so and then the other one was um where I worked with a lot of investors so not only do I know first time home buying and down payment and then mature and um audience there or buyers there but I also have worked with a lot of investors and one of the investors bought the house and they brought a box up to the office and my assistant came in and said this was two weeks after the whole mom thing Okay. and said, here's some ashes. I was like, you are messing with me. They left and the mom's ashes in the house. Completely different transaction, completely different. Oh, okay. okay. So I called the attorney that was helping the, the heirs. And I said, I have a box of ashes on my desk. You need to come get them today. I can't, I can't hold your loved one on my desk any longer. You need to go ahead and come get them. So she showed up and I brought the box out to her and handed it. She goes, oh, that's my sister. Isn't the box pretty? She built the box for her and that's my sister. They didn't find my brother. That's okay. We liked her best. Stop it. Seriously. <laughs> Hand on Bible. Like it happened. So. Oh my God. We see and hear and, and experience <laughs> a lot of very interesting things for in all real. aspects of real estate. 
that's okay. We liked her best. That's oh, it was crazy. Oh my goodness. Well, do you have any words of wisdom or advice for besides telling you know you know take the people's ashes with you? Oh yeah, take your stuff with you uh, and your loved ones especially. But I think my um, biggest word of advice is understand and know the difference between a want and a need. Your needs are are location. If you need a school district, you need so many bedrooms, you need the commute to be within a certain mile radius of your work. Um, Those are needs. Your wants are the pools, the granite and everything else. In today's market, if you don't know the difference between your want and need, you're going to be tempted to go over your uh, budget and put yourself in a situation where you might not be able to enjoy life. Um, So know your wants and needs, understand what you're looking for right now. We're trying to find the right house for right now. We're not looking for your ever home. This is for first time buyers. You want the right house for right now. The granite countertops, the wood floors, the swimming pool, those can be added later when you have more budget to spend. Don't overextend yourself. Do not try to go up to the max that the lender has approved you at because they use a percentage and an algorithm. If you try to max out your budget, then you're going to be working to make your payment. And that's not a life. You want to be able to enjoy your life. And so try to stay under budget. Find the, the house that meets all of your needs. And then try to see what it would look like once you add your wants at a later date when you have more money and more flexibility. I honestly think that's great advice because a lot of people out there like to live over their needs. And I mean, I, for one, would not want to be a, um, I don't want everyone to be house broke or car broke. So I feel like that's amazing advice. Um, Thank you once again for being on the show today, Kelly. And I hope everyone has a great day. Remember, if you're looking for a reliable inspection company, please check out our website at inspectorteam.com for Brian and Brian inspections. See you guys next time.